now, introducing the man who raided his local growls for all milk, toilet paper, and fried chicken for Snowmageddon because, well, Growls has really good fried chicken. He also spent the day of the 2011 earthquake under an overturned bathtub in his bathroom. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. we got a lot to do. A busy Thursday episode of the program coming up. In uh, just a few minutes, we are going to chat with uh, J.J. Cooper from Baseball America. Perhaps you've heard the uh, Baltimore Orioles had five players on their top 100 prospects list, including, of course, the number one prospect in baseball, Adley Rutschman. We'll discuss that with him. Uh, later on this hour, big game tonight at Towson. They take on Charleston. Towson's off to a great 4-1 and start in the CAA. We're going to chat with Jawan Gray from Towson, key contributor for them, uh, someone who went through... Uh, a really brutal season a year ago, injury-wise. Um, we're going to chat with Juwan Gray ahead of that game tonight. I'm going to go out, by the way. I'll be at Towson tonight. Hope some of you guys come out. Check out the Tigers. I keep trying to tell you. know, it was a tough night for Loyola last night. Uh, but I keep trying to tell you there is good and relevant college basketball being played. Just because Maryland stinks doesn't mean you, could just, you should just check out on college basketball season. There are area teams doing relevant things. It's just a whole crazy concept. Uh, later on this morning, it's Thursday, so we'll make our picks. Only one game separating myself and Kyle Ottenheimer at the top of the table. Only two games separating myself and KZ, who will check in with us. And uh, also later on this morning, some news yesterday in the Washington Post. Stephen Goff is going to join us. He is their soccer insider and, of course, quite the authority in all things American soccer and um, the word is, you're not going to believe this, the people involved with the World Cup didn't love FedEx Field. It's crazy, right? What a thought. That maybe FedEx Field is a complete s-hole, and everything involved with that, uh, everyone involved with that organization is an utter embarrassment. Just what a, what a crazy thought. Not everyone involved. There, there are, of course, good people. I'm not trying to disparage everyone, but the guy that runs it. Um, so there's this talk that maybe the best hope for DC is to combine their effort with Baltimore's use M&T Bank Stadium to host the games and DC can like say, Hey, we, we can host some training and we can do some watch parties or something like that because you clearly don't have any interest in playing games inside our stadium. Well, that would be good news for Baltimore's chances of getting games, which frankly is the part that I care about. Um, you know, I know other people have talked about, well, it'd be cool to do like official. No, no, I want the games. That's the part that I want. I want the games. So we'll talk to Stephen Goff about exactly what that means. As of right now, no one has said on the record that they're budging. Um, like no one has said on the record that they are going to disband the, the DC effort and, and make it a combined effort. But, you know, it seems like Stephen Goff is plugged in. Stephen Goff knows what he's talking about. He doesn't just pull stuff out of thin air. So it would be interesting if that really is the thought process is that um, they don't like uh, FedEx Field. Then I would think that that might be coming um, in hope to save fa- in the hopes to save face as much as possible. So we'll discuss that later on in the program today. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. That's where the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and I are going to be. We went down there and um, sort of did like a site check yesterday. I'm really excited about it. They, uh, they're they putting aside a couple of the nice uh, reclining chairs for us for Sunday. They're treating us like we matter. <laughs> Little do they know. I don't. Rita does. 
Um, I'm excited about this. It's going to be quite the day. Uh, we were told there are going to be some giveaways that we're going to be doing throughout the course of the day for people that are coming down and uh, hanging out, maybe tweeting about uh, being live at live. Uh, I think there might even be like an odds boost perhaps thrown in there. I can't promise that just yet, but we're working on something like that. Um, but it's only for people that are going to be there Sunday for the 3 o'clock game. That's the Buccaneers-Rams game, the first playoff game of the day on Sunday. Myself, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, will be live at live in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. I have already earmarked a certain dollar amount's worth of money that I am willing to lose. Uh, I've made a, a little bit of money the last couple nights betting on some tennis. Um, you know, this was last night you got the best odds you would ever get on Daniil Medvedev in a second round match because everybody loves Nick Kyrgios. And so they're like, well, we want to bet on Nick Kyrgios because you just never know. No, I knew Nick Kyrgios didn't have a prayer against Daniil Medvedev, although good credit to him, he won a set. Um, so that was nice. I appreciate those of you that were betting on Nick Kyrgios because it uh, it made Daniil Medvedev's, uh, Medvedev's odds much better than they possibly should have been in a second round match. Um, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to make some bets. It's going to be a great day hanging out at Live Casino and Hotel in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hope that you will come join us this Sunday. So, a question that I want to get away, uh, get to right at the top of the show. Before we talk about anything else, it's the most pressing question there is. It is the lead story. Is this person the luckiest or the unluckiest person alive? You have probably seen this. You are probably aware of it. It has been traded around on the internet since it occurred last night. This occurred... Um, small market television out in West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia. I can't pretend to know everything there is to know about uh, the the TV market in Charleston, West Virginia. Believe it or not, I have not stayed up on it over the years. I used to be an expert. I used to be able to rattle off all the various local stations, and I used to be able to uh, tell you everything there was to know about Charleston, West Virginia's TV market, but I just haven't stayed up on it the way that I once did. However... I could understand, it is to be reasoned, that probably they are a bit short-staffed in Charleston, West Virginia, and they ask people to wear multiple hats. Last night, they were covering something related to severe weather, whether it's the same, I don't know, I guess it's probably the same thing that came through here this morning, I, I didn't pay all that much attention. And they threw to their reporter out in the field to talk about water main breaks. I guess this was a big story in Charleston, West Virginia. She was actually technically in Dunbar, West Virginia, which everyone knows is a place in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. I know. Dunbar yeah, been well. To, been to Dunbar many a times. So they throw to her, and everything's going swimmingly, right up until it's, you know, not going so swimmingly. This, again, from Charleston, West Virginia last night. I believe it's WSAZ, but I'll confirm that here in a second. Okay, all right, so I want to I repeat that if you didn't hear it, because unfortunately I don't think that picked up very well. You know what? Uh, this one's not music, so I'm going to send this to you to play, Paul. Pull up your email on this computer over here. Pull up uh, your Gmail if you don't mind. 
and I am going to send this to you because that didn't get that didn't pick up the way that I wanted it to pick up, unfortunately. So we're going to try this again for people can actually hear it. For those of you that did not, for whatever reason, just did not happen to see it, despite the fact that it is being thrown around everywhere. Again, this is from WSAZ in West Virginia. You good? You got it? Not no. Yet. No. Well, that's that's unfortunate. That's yep. unfortunate. Again, this is this is last night live breaking news coverage in Charleston, West Virginia, of water main breaks. Yeah? Well. It's unfortunate. You're in. Now, just to set the stage for you once again. Okay, let's let's try it from the beginning. And now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze-thaw, we see this, water main breaks. All right, pause it for a second. Okay, I just got... Okay, pause it. She just got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. But she's okay. And if you watch the video, it's not a car that was traveling at the great speed. It it sounds and looks quite dramatic. It was a rather large SUV. It was a large SUV. That part is true. But it was a car that wasn't moving very fast. And you can certainly understand while it's shocking and awful and you you know, you you're concerned, the moment that you know that you're okay, like you believe that you're okay. You know what I mean? Like it's there's every reason to believe she's actually okay. She probably should get checked out, probably make sure there's nothing. You know, she did get hit by a car, after all. But there is every reason to believe she's okay. There are plenty of times, you know, unfortunately, you watch football games, you see things that happen, and people are just okay, despite how awful they look. Now, let it play again. Uh, play it again. From the beginning? No, 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 from where we paused. By a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's the first for you on okay. TV, Tori. We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Okay, pause again. She actually got hit by a car again in college just like that. Mm -hmm. This is the second time she's been hit by a car and totally fine. Tori Yagley, or Yagley, I'm sorry. I, again, I just don't stay up on my Charleston, West Virginia. Although she's leaving for Pittsburgh, so uh, she's going to be a, a big market uh, a TV person pretty soon. Uh, I don't stay up on it. Tori Yagley has now been hit by a car twice in her life and is totally fine, all good here, and is making her way in her career as a multimedia journalist. Now, separating all of the other stuff like that has been thrown around on the Internet, why you know you shouldn't be sending out for those that don't know in the once upon a time in the TV world you had a camera person and a reporter and you might have even had another person there with you to help with like lighting and things along those lines now everybody especially in Charleston West Virginia but even in Baltimore you're a one man band as they say mm. you're out there you set up your own camera you you do your own sound you do everything is on you and you're just waiting and looking into the camera for when they throw to you about the, the water main breaks. So she's out there in apparently a, a treacherous weather, weather situation by herself. And there are a lot of people who are like, this doesn't seem like it should be okay. I probably tend to agree with that, but unfortunately, it, at this point, I don't think it's changing. I think at this point, the people that own the TV station in West Virginia would say, well, it's that or we don't have a TV station because... We can't afford that otherwise. So th- I'm separating that. I'm separating all of the, the – should they have dumped out of the live hit? Yeah, maybe they should have, right? Like maybe they should have said, hey, until we know for sure that something awful didn't just happen here, maybe we cut away from this, right? Like maybe we don't allow for something awful to have played out. Like there's all these other conversations. I want to focus on one thing, and I think it's the most important question of the day. Is this woman – 
the luckiest or the unluckiest human on the face of the planet. She has been twice hit by a car. But she has been twice completely fine after being hit by a car. What are the odds? There was a woman in Pennsylvania that won the state lottery twice. She but like won, the big prize, yeah. or yeah, wait. she won the state lottery twice, and there was another guy, and they actually caught him on the news. St- like on the news, he was going back to a convenience store where he won like six figures on a scratch off, and they had him reenact it with another scratch off, and on that scratch off, he won like six figures again, and he started praying to God not to kill him in the middle of the of the news broadcast, like please don't take me, don't take my life, because okay. there's no way that could happen. I'd consider those people the luckiest people on the face of the I, earth. I see this. I disagree with. I disagree with this. And the reason I disagree with this is because those people, I, it's not extraordinary, right? Like, you, uh, I, I just pulled up the story. The guy did win a good amount of money. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, he, he won $2 million bucks, whatever that is, um, you know, after taxes. It's, it's not any longer, it's not generational wealth mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly a nice thing to have, right? Yeah. Like, there's no debate about that. It would, the overwhelming majority of us, our lives would be, different we, we would exaggerate how different they are they would not really be that different but if we were say you know we'd, we'd be able to pay off our houses maybe no if debt. yeah i mean well unfortunately a lot of people have the significant amount of debt you know what i mean like I, you know i have to think about because I, I just don't know exactly how much you're getting like if you take it all at once and you got to pay taxes on two million bucks i'm really not sure what the actual number is that you're getting right like it's it's less than a million dollars um, when it's all that, said and done, they, yeah, they take the taxes on two million bucks. They take more than fifty percent. Oh my god! Well, it's not just that; it's that they offer you either to pay it all in installments or in a lump sum. And if you take the lump sum, it ain't gonna be. You're not getting the the totality of the prize that you're winning. That's why for something like two million bucks, you're probably better off just taking the installments and saying, "It ain't. I, I ain't changing my tax bracket." It's just a nice additional amount of money to add in for free every year. Right. It's really not going to change your life. It's nice, right? Like, it's, don't get me wrong. It's nice. It's like having an extra part-time job at that point, something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a free $30,000 a year or something along those lines that you didn't have before. And, I, again, I, I, would, I don't know what the exact number is off the top of my head, but once you get into those high-dollar figures, they don't just cut you a check. They don't just say, hey, here's your money. They say, these are your options. You can take... 60% of what you were going to win all right now. Or we could pay it off to you, but you still have to pay taxes on all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just not... Maybe there's an option where you're getting... I don't know. It, it, after taxes, if you took it all in a lump sum, $600,000, $700,000, something like that, right? Like, which is it's definitely good money. Don't get me wrong. Sign me up today, please, by all means, if anybody wants to. It's not life-changing. Right. It's not life-altering. This is... Like, the odds of that, to me, are greater than the odds of getting hit by a car twice and being utterly and completely fine. Yeah. That's insane. That's nuts. That's bonkers. And I get it. Like, these, these things probably happen more often than we realize where somebody's traveling at a low rate of speed in, like, a parking lot and somebody walks out, and they make t- contact. There's a tap, and you know, hey, uh, it, it's awkward, but it's all good, right? Like there, nobody really is hurt in that situation. But this was a moving car on a road, 
that hits someone while on live TV and she's completely and utterly fine. How does the person And now he's more the- famous because of it. Now everybody on the planet knows who Tori Yagley is. She might end up getting a job out of this. She's already got a new gig in Pittsburgh. It might very well be that like she becomes so likable in the aftermath of this that NBC's like, hey, you know what? Maybe we could use you for something else. She's now a viral sensation on top she of everything She handled else. that so much better she's than, a, I, like, than, she than is, I would have. I'm fine. I, I've got a job to do. I'm going to get up and tell you about the stupid water. Like, imagine caring about the water main breaks after that. No, I'm not saying that's not important. Like, it's a, you know, obviously it's a big deal when there's water main breaks. But imagine caring about the stupid water main breaks when you just got hit by an effing car. I, it's very split, early voting. I put a poll up on whether this is the luckiest or the unluckiest. It's utterly split, very 50-50 on this. There are some people that feel strongly that she is the unluckiest person, but she can't be the unluckiest person she's alive because and she's well. fine. There's no way that she can be the unluckiest. Gary Bertier from Remember the Titans. That's an unlucky dude. Gary Bertier. The, Which one the, was Gary the, the, he was the linebacker that got hit by a car driving oh, yeah, the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was paralyzed, yeah, and then correct. he died by getting hit by a drunk yeah, driver. Right, yeah. That's un- unlucky. Un- incredibly unlucky. Terribly unlucky. Awfully unlucky. This ain't unlucky. This is amazing. This is incredible. But is she purely the luckiest person? Like, this is... Do you now... How do you operate if you're Tori Yagley moving forward in your life? Do you assume invincibility? Do you insume, assume like, I, I, there are people there that like, um, if you've been on a terrible plane ride, like the type of thing that you you, you were certain you were going down, mm-hmm. right? Like it was that much turbulence, it was awful. People are doing the the mark of the you know the the whatever this is the sign of the cross because they think they're about to die. If you've been on a plane ride like that. People will tell you as soon as they get off, I might as well go ahead and get on another plane, right? Because this this is never going to happen. There are some people that say, I'll never get on another plane again because they experienced it and they survived. And then there are other people that say, there's no way this will ever happen again. What are the odds of me ever being in a situation like this or needing to make an emergency landing or something along those lines? A terrible plane experience. The odds of me going through something like that ever again are... Slim to none. It just doesn't happen that way. So I'll go get on a plane tomorrow because mathematically I can do this and I know it will never happen again, right? Mm -hmm. This lady had it happen twice. Twice. I I mean, at this point, she's got to be indestructible. She's got to be the single most indestructible human on the face of the planet. There's no way that this lady can be stopped. She's been hit by a car twice, and she's fine. She wants to tell you about water main breaks. She wants to report local West Virginia news, which in fairness I thought was mostly related to meth, and I'm sorry. I apologize. I, 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 I did not uh, give it enough credit. This is the story of the century. This is the story of the millennium. Woman survives two, uh, or twice being hit by a car. I am convinced she's far closer to the luckiest human being alive than the unluckiest human being alive. I am convinced of that. Um, Max, lucky would not be getting hit by the cars. I, I understand what you're saying, 
but everyone is going to face some form of adversity at some point in their life, right? Like the idea that we're never going to go through it in any way, that's insane. You're going to go through something. It's just what is it that you're going to go through? For this particular young lady, it happens to be being hit by cars, which is wild, but she's being hit by cars and she's fine. Other people, their thing might be, unfortunately, some sort of disease or, or whatever it might be. I, I, the odds, the odds of this and being all right. I don't know, man. That math. That math. Don, isn't she both? Yeah, kind of that's the point that I'm making. That's kind of the point that I'm making about this. I don't know if she's the luckiest or unluckiest, but I'm pretty sure it's closer to luckiest than unluckiest. And if I were her, I might operate that way moving forward. It's incredible. Incredible stuff. Continue to get your votes. The poll is up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, This week, new top 100 prospects list from Baseball America. And at the top of the list, of course, you know, Adley Rutschman. And then four more Orioles prospects that made the top 100 list. Joining us now to tell us more about it, of course, from Baseball America, he is the editor-in-chief. He's our friend, Mr. J.J. Cooper, and he's back with us now here on GCR. J.J., it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking a minute for us this morning. No, no problem at all. Um, Was there that much drama? I know you guys played it up with the podcast and on the site, but was there that much drama about who the number one prospect was going to be on this year's list? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, positively. Okay. Why? Why? we We were a day before the list went live, we had someone else number one. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, th- was that more about Adley Rutschman or more about the other person? There are three guys at the top of this list who are absolutely co- easily understandable, can- logical number one prospects. And we've had this before. Like, like I, an example I would give is, is if you rewind the clock a few years ago, 2018, the top of our list was Ronald Acuna. Shoei Otani was number two. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was number three. Well, yeah, but those well, guys all stink. So, you know, you really, you know, really screwed like, that up, so When you have years like that, where it's like, okay, Vlad was three. It wasn't because we didn't think Vlad Jr. was one of the greatest hitters and prospects, you know, as far as a hitter that we'd seen. But, okay, you had, someone had to be three. And you look at it now, those are three of the best players in baseball. I think that there's a very good likelihood that all three of these players we're talking about, which is Adley Rushman, which is Julio Rodriguez, the Mariners outfielder, which is Bobby Witt Jr., the Royal shortstop. Yep. All three of these could end up being excellent big league players. Then it comes down to very interesting discussions of positional value versus injury risk versus who's going to be the best hitter, who's going to be the best defender, how much defensive value is the shortstop versus the catcher. It was fascinating. And as someone who still geeks out about this after doing it for 20 years, it was an extremely enjoyable argument and discussion. All right. So ultimately, why did Adley Rutschman win out over those other two then? So what we do, this, this is our process. We have, you know, our staff and we gather information all year and then we kind of put together a list. But when we're done, but we also then reach out to our sources in baseball, scouts, coaches, analysts, front office officials. And so we tried to, we walked out of our first meeting with Julio Rodriguez at number one. 
And then we said, okay, but let's, let's get feedback on this. And so we hit up a whole lot of people in baseball and said, who do you have number one out of this group? And it wasn't unanimous on any of these guys, but we did get more Adley Rushman number one feedback than anyone else. And the overarching reason for that, we said, well, why is, was, do you know how hard it is to find a catcher with this kind of approach, the chance to hit like he's going to hit. And on top of that, with above average or plus defense, that's just harder to find than it is mm-hmm. a middle of the order bat in right field or even a middle order of the bat and play shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And the positional value is significant. J.J. Cooper with us from Baseball America. You used the word risk a second ago, J.J. You know, and, and as you're not surprised, there are still people in this town that remember the last time an mm-hmm. Orioles prospect was number one on your, your season list. Mm-hmm. And 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 still feel some fear because of it, just because it happens to be a guy that plays the same position. What risk is there at this point in relation to Adley Rutschman, given everything we've seen from him so far, in terms of whether or not it translates at the big league level? Catching is hard. Catching is a risky position. Like the so, if you look back, <laughs> Matt Weeders. Okay, maybe Matt Wieters wasn't as good in hindsight. He struggled more against right-handed pitchers than we or anyone else thought. But I would also say that injuries played a role in Matt Wieters being a good but not yep. great player. Of course. I, I, I think an even better example is Joe Maurer was two times our number one prospect coming up with the Twins. And Joe Maurer had a great career. I, I mean, let's not, yep. you know, 100%. anything short of that. He was great. Yep. But... His career was shortened, and he had to move off of catcher because of concussions. That's just a a situation. The chances of something like that happen, the chances of a catcher playing 120 games a year rather than 150, is just a lot higher. The chances of a catcher breaking a finger, still staying in the lineup, but it affecting his batting average and his slugging percentage and his on-base percentage, is just higher than it is for a right fielder or a shortstop. J.J. Cooper, if Adley Rutschman was not, let's just say that we already knew that he couldn't be a long-term catcher. And I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. this, I'm, I'm throwing this out hypothetically. I'm going to knock on every piece of wood yeah. that I can find as I say it. If he was a first baseman right now, where would Adley Rutschman be on your list of prospects? I don't think he'd be, uh, if you're the first baseman, I don't think he's as good a pure hitter as Spencer Torkelson, yep. who's number five on our list, who is a first baseman. Yep. Um, there are some concerns with Rushman. I, I think Rushman is, is likely, there is power there, but if you told me that he ends up, that like his best offensive attribute is, is a high on base percentage, and again, the fact that he's a switch hitter, which means that he he should hit. Uh, it's going to help him hit for a higher average as well. I think that that's kind of more what he is than a guy who's going to end up. I think that Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt Jr., the guys right behind him on the list, are guys who have a very legitimate shot to have a forty home run type season or something like that. I, yeah. I think that's less likely with Rushman. I still think he'd be a top ten, probably fifteen prospect. But sure. the, the the he's a he can be a really good catcher. And that is a key component of, of why he ranks number one. 
Uh, JJ, five Orioles made the list uh, entirely. The next, of course, being Grayson Rodriguez. And and are we at the point with Grayson Rodriguez where we should be assuming he's a top-of-the-rotation pitcher as a major leaguer, or is it more we can assume Grayson Rodriguez is a quality major league pitcher, but we're not quite there where we can assume he's, you know, a, a, a top-of-the-rotation, best-in-the-American-league type of guy just yet. You always hesitate to say, oh, he's going to be that, because pitchers can <laughs> can can hit many a, uh, a yep. detour along yep. the road to that. Yep. But he has all the – he has the makings to be that. He is our number one pitching prospect in all of baseball, and he does that. He is ahead of Shane Boggs, who came up and showed it at the big league level at the end of the season for the Rays. That's because he's – the, the makings are there for him to be every bit a front of the rotation starter. Now it's just all that's left on the to-do list is to do that. Yep. Which, oh yeah, that's just, you know, the, yeah, right. the minor part of, <laughs> right. you know, of, Hey, right. do something that most pitchers are never able to do. Of course, of course. But the point being that the tools are all there. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's and that's since I got the the weird part for me is trying to figure out and and JJ I'm going to bring this into a bigger conversation we've been having more recently about the Orioles moving the fences back at Camden Yards and and I you know you're not going to be surprised when there's change people don't like change it's just a crazy thing nobody ever likes it and I think that like the bullpen thing in left center field is embarrassing but for the most part I get it. Because I look and I say, the organization, if this rebuild's going to come together, they don't have enough pitching. They just don't. It's not there. They're going to need to sign a pitcher or two. And part of my confusion is trying to figure out what D.L. Hall is, who I know we're excited about, but, you know, who didn't pitch in the second half of the season a year ago. Where where mm-hmm. are we with D.L. Hall as far as his continued trajectory towards the major leagues? He's a much higher variance prospect than Grayson Rodriguez. Yep. Obviously, Rodriguez is a pitcher. Pitchers can get hurt. Pitchers can can all of a sudden lose the feel for the strike. So there's all kind of of risks that can happen with a pitcher. But that said, Grayson Rodriguez has stuff, has control, has shown durability. He's checked off every box that you can expect a pitcher. He's got the body. Everything that you could want a pitcher to do at that point, he's done it. D.L. Hall, his stuff is every bit as good as Grayson Rodriguez. And by the way, he's a lefty, okay? So he checks off that box. Well, it's like, great. Well, why isn't he Grayson Rodriguez? Well, he hasn't shown a consistent ability to throw strikes. Right. That's a concern. He hasn't demonstrated consistent ability to stay healthy and durable. That's a concern. So if you said... Is there a scenario where three years from now we're talking and Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall are the, are the Max Freed and Mike Soroka, assuming Soroka's back and healthy, you know, like the Braves did in their rebuild where you've got these two guys who are the front of the rotation guys, you say, great, you know, that's highly possible. Mm-hmm. At the same time, D.L. Hall has multiple extra steps that he has to get through to get there. He has to improve his strike throwing. He has to show that he can stay healthy. He can stay on the mound. Those are biggies. Those are, those are as much, when we talk about a front of the rotation starter, that's still in 2022. 
being there, showing up and doing the job is a key component of that. Like that right now we are in a world where baseball has changed. Like the number four, number five starter is not as valuable as they used to be. Sure. But if you said, how do teams win playoff games? Having that pitcher who you want on the mound in game one and five or game one, four, and maybe he comes back and pitches a few innings in game seven, you, those are hard to find. And Rodriguez and Hall do give the Orioles two guys who could get to that point, that these are guys you want taking the mound as starters in playoff series, which those are hard to develop. I do agree with you, though, that when you say beyond that, you'd say that the difference, I wrote about this last week, the difference between this Orioles rebuild right now and some of the most successful rebuilds of the past decade is they don't have the depth of arms, yep. in my opinion. Yep. That some of the, like, when we talk about that Braves, I think the Braves rebuild, they're, they're the reigning chance, but the rebuild that they did, they had their, the eighth and ninth and twelfth best pitchers in the Braves systems in 2017, that kind of era, were really intriguing pitching prospects. Mm-hmm. And not all of them turned out. But some of them turned out to be guys like A.J. Minter, who pitched valuable innings for them in the postseason. When I get to the ninth, 10th, 11th pitches in the Orioles system right now, I don't have that same feeling. Of course. They're just not there. They're just, I mean, at, at the moment, of course, there's always a chance someone becomes John Means, right? Like, that's the way that this mm-hmm. the, the, the business oh, sure. works. But at the moment, there's no reason to assume it. At the moment, if it's going to come together, it's going to have to involve signing pitchers and you weren't signing pitchers with that uh, the, that fence being where it was in left field. Like, you just weren't doing that in Baltimore. It wasn't going to happen. Um, before I let you go, uh, uh, JJ, two things. One, uh, the next guy on the list, for as far as Orioles concerned, Colton Cowser uh, sneaks onto the list at 98. But are you at the point where you are ready to assume that Gunnar Henderson is a major league shortstop specifically? Or are you sort of still at the point where, like, he's a major league bat, we'll figure out what happens? It kind of depends on what do you need, right? Like, I don't want to compare. I hesitate to compare him like this because this is putting too much on him. Right. But like, Matt Chapman is an exceptional third baseman defensively. Mm-hmm. Could Matt Chapman have played shortstop if that's what the A's needed when he was coming up? I think yeah, I think it's possible, right? He wouldn't have been as good at shortstop as he was at third base, but he could have done it, right? Well, that's how I would, in a lesser version, again, I don't want to say Gunnar Henderson equals Matt Chapman. Right, right. Yeah. But a similar kind of situation where it's like, I think it's very plausible that Gunnar Henderson can play shortstop. Now the question becomes, okay, do you want someone who can play shortstop or do you want someone who can be exceptional at third? That kind of depends a little bit on... On him, it depends a little bit on team philosophy, but it also depends a little bit on team need. Where if he comes up, and again, right now, hey, good news, Gunner, the, the doors are open. Mm-hmm. But if he comes up and the team has, if he was a Pirates prospect right now, and you say, well, we have Cabrian Hayes, and we're a little bit more uncertain at shortstop, well, then maybe you try to make him a shortstop. If he was on, if he was coming up in the Rangers system right now, and you say, "Well, I got bad news for you, Gunner. We just spent three hundred plus million dollars on a shortstop," <laughs> then you say, "Hey, well, maybe we're going to make you a third baseman." You know, those kind of situations do play a part in this. 
But I do think that both of those positions are plausible paths for him, just with the understanding he'll be better defensively. He'll be really good defensively if you put him at third. But he also could be a, a he could play shortstop. Uh, and and last one for you, it's totally understandable why Heston Kerstad is no longer on this list. But if he gets back and starts playing, you know, like, is he? do you look at it and say this is just a weird circumstance if Heston Kerstad can still hit and, and hit for power the way that we know he's supposed to be able to hit for power, he could quite quickly be right back on this list? Sure, but, like, when you say, I mean, there is... <laughs> It's not like, oh, well, if he shows up and in April he's hitting like we expect, all of a sudden he's the prospect he was before. Because, unfortunately, and I mean, it is unfortunate, but he's also lost time. Right. Right? Like, right. the reality of it is, is that there are contemporaries of his from his draft class who are much closer to the big leagues now. Of course. That he is. Because... They got into work and he wasn't able to get into work. It's not his fault. He had a, you know, he had a, an ailment that, that kept him from that. But it, it just does mean that age and proximity to the majors does play a role, especially in hitters, in, your, in, in how we kind of line them up and value them. And so the, the thing that's going to be tough for Kierstad is, is that assuming that he's still put on even a, you know, a fast track progression. You're, you're not just going to say, well, he's missed all this time. Let's just send him to triple A to catch up. So I, I do think that there are some hurdles for him to climb back on, which is, is if he goes out again, I don't know exactly where they're going to send him. A lot of that may depend on how he looks in spring, but if he goes out in high a and sets the world on fire in high A at the start of the season, that's great. But at the same time, there would be the the follow up of that is as well. He's a lot older than those That's guys. True, right? He should be this far ahead of right. Isaac. So right. there there's some complicating factors where I'd say we'll know a lot more about Heston Kierstad in August September. But at the same time, April May is going to be a little bit more of okay. Let's look at the context of it. But again, the other key parts of it are. The, the actual components of it. How does he look? Like, right, right. You know, is the swing, you know, how, how much power is he showing? How's his approach? There's a lot of these things that really right now are, we don't, we know what he was before, but we, we don't know. He hasn't faced real live games in quite a while. No question. No question. It's very significant. There's no debate about that. All right, at JJCoop36 on Twitter is how you follow him. If you are not subscribed to Baseball America, that is quite silly. I don't know how you can be a baseball fan and not have a Baseball America subscription. BaseballAmerica.com. Check out the top 100 prospects list, including five Baltimore Orioles prospects. JJ Cooper, always appreciate you taking time for us, man. means a lot. Thank you for doing it. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Sounds good. JJ Cooper checking in with us here on GCR. Um, you know... I, to me, the headline continues to be like the story of the rebuild at the moment is in part about Adley Rutschman. So if if Adley Rutschman doesn't pan out the way you expect Adley Rutschman, do you have enough to make a full rebuild work? You know, maybe, but you had to solve the pitching to begin with, right? Like you don't have enough pitching. As important as Adley Rutschman is, and don't get me wrong, I think Adley Rutschman is critically important to making this work. The bigger story is you need Adley Rutschman to work to force their hand in signing pitchers. 
or you need a miracle to unfold with pitchers that aren't scouted and viewed in a certain way to become John Means in the coming three to five years. And it's not impossible. It's the same thing I always said. Nobody's saying it couldn't happen, but we have to acknowledge that right now. It's not likely at the moment. The, the, the greater likelihood is they have one somewhere between maybe and probably two and that's what they've got and you know of course unfortunate things can happen with that like we already have a couple of questions related to dl hall pitching's not there it's just not there and in order for their hand to be forced to go sign pitchers these other things have to work adley rutschman has to work has to come up and be a star and force them to say, we need to consider that this is our moment. This is our chance. This is our, our clock. Because if he doesn't, I, I don't know that I see how they're relevant enough otherwise to force the hand of signing pitching. I think it's important to note that the Orioles don't have that pitching at the top levels of their minor leagues. It, it really is just Grayson Rodriguez and Deal Hall at the top. You're not considering Kyle Bradish and Kevin Smith and those guys in that class. But in the lower levels, and if we're talking three to five years from now, they do have guys like Gene Pinto and Luis but, Ortiz. But they're and not Drew guys Rahm. that are thought of as, I mean, like, again, Drew Rahm is a, is a nice pitcher. They're not guys that are thought of as, these are guys that are on the track to being quality major league pitchers. They're guys that are thought of as maybe guys that could get there, or guys that are thought of as, like, let me watch this guy and see, because there's a couple things I like about them. Mm-hmm. But Zach Peek's another one, yeah. yeah. Like, none of these guys are thought of as, it. it when we say this, if somebody is coming out of the draft, immediately thought of as this type of pitcher, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where they start. They're going to be on a list like this, yeah. right? Like they're going to be on a list like this. The Orioles haven't drafted those guys. They just have chosen not to. That's true. They simply haven't. And again, that doesn't mean that one of them can't. And I want to make that very clear. And I say this: I we we've got the example. John Means is the example. John Means wasn't even thought of as well as Drew Rom was. And he wasn't thought of. He was completely an afterthought. He was again a substitute teacher, as as famously we know. Um, there are plenty of guys that can far surpass expectations and what that the, their development can just come because they they find the right they get the right piece of advice and they do something a little bit differently or whatever it is they're just a late bloomer something along those lines and I'm not saying it can't happen but in the same way that that could happen for a, you know a Gene Pinto a Drew Rom. It could also very well be that D.L. Hall never becomes that guy, yeah. right? Like, Which is what I'm super – I think everybody's super nervous about I, that. I don't know how you can't be nervous about yeah. it at this moment. So it, it's a catch-22 in that way. I, it's why I keep coming back to they don't have the pitching. I have to work under the assumption they don't have the pitching. And why I have to work under the assumption they're going to have to sign the pitching in order to close the gap. But in order to compel the organization to sign the pitching, I think Adley Rutschman has to come up and be Adley Rutschman. I think that has to be the compelling factor that says we have a window that's got to involve us signing pitching. We have to spend money on to do something we've never done before. Outside of a Baldo Rodriguez, I get or a Baldo Rodriguez. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Baldo Jimenez. Um, and even that was a minimal amount of money in comparison, but it was the most they've spent. Um, they have to do something they've never done before as an organization and commit money to pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's it's just not there. It's not. They have philosophically as an organization decided not to be the team that drafts pitching. 
and this is what they're dealing with because of it. And, and fans are right to have apprehension with that because, like you said, they've, they've, they've never done it. They don't do it. And so how can uh, you expect somebody... The same, once upon a time, the same organization where Peter Angelo said, we don't believe in paying somebody who only plays every fifth day. Yeah. Like, this is what you're dealing with. Now, again, Peter Angelo isn't running the team on a day-to-day basis, and we have no reason to think that Mike Elias wouldn't have the right to, to make the signings that he wants to make, but we got to see it. we got to see it before we can assume it or believe it. Today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The comfort food classics are available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, including the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the short rib grilled cheese, and the smoky thigh wings with the Alabama barbecue sauce. They are so good. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Enjoy it for dinner tonight and this weekend, you know, a snowy day maybe you're sitting at home with the kids go pick up some glory days grill bring it home enjoy it tonight all right um i don't don't know if we should take a break or not right now man i just i didn't i didn't look at the clock that's on me that's professional broadcaster glenn clark not looking at the clock i didn't see what time it actually was not going to take a break we'll take the break after we chat with juan gray from towson um, yeah, that is neat. Brian Powell, uh, Tyrone Wheatley, Morgan State uh, football coach, is going to be part of a, a Senior Bowl staff as the Senior Bowl is trying to partner up with historically black colleges and universities to get them involved with what they're doing. That's a great thing. Um, good exposure. We were talking about that with Earl DePearl Monroe, the importance of exposure yesterday for historically black colleges and universities in the context of the CIAA tournament. And no doubt uh, there is something similar there when it comes to uh, Tyrone Wheatley. So, um, you know, a, a very a very good story, very neat story. I also saw a story this week. Where I saw a tweet that um, somebody was bugging Tory Smith about, you know, hey, we want you to go back and, and, and work at Maryland. And Tory Smith said, hey, I'll just put this out there. Uh, Mike Loxley hit me up to be the receivers coach at Maryland, but I got other things I'm doing. I think you know how involved Tory Smith is in this community and what they're doing um, – with level 82 and, and the foundation and the um the program that they run for kids and he's just like I, I can't give that up i can't being a wide receivers coach is a full-time job i can't i can't do that but i thought that was interesting that mike loxley attempted to bring in tory smith to be the wide receivers coach at the university of maryland and i don't blame him whatsoever seems like a a, a good person to try to hire Big one tonight. Uh, I'm going to be over at Towson. I-, I keep trying to tell you, this team, this might very well be Pat Scary's best team at Towson. They got a real chance of, of breaking through, winning the CAA, and getting back to the NCAA tournament. Our next guest, someone who's been a key contributor for Towson, had a really difficult year a year ago, and I can only imagine what this has meant to him being back on the floor and winning the way that they've been winning off to a 4-1 and one start in CAA play. Jawan Gray now joins us here on GCR. Jawan, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, man, it's no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Jawan, um, for people that don't know, take me back to, like, 16 months ago, let's say, right? Like, before the start of last season. Everything you guys went through as a team during the difficulty of that year Everything you personally went through last year, how good has it felt to be back on the floor this year and for you guys to be playing the way that you've been playing? Man, it, it feels amazing just to be playing basketball in general. You know, um, last year, you know, going going through COVID, you know, we kind of had to do everything like in a moderate amount. So we were having team meetings through Zoom where usually, you know, we would be at the gym, you know, interacting with each other and getting to know 
um, my teammates, but, you know, we kind of had to, you know, start working out in, like, small moderation. So, you know, just the biggest jump from between last year and this year, just having the opportunity to, you know, fully play and not get shut down. So, and and what yeah, about what about for you? you? You tore your Achilles, correct? Yes, sir. What what going through that and having to grind and work your way back? What did you learn about yourself during this process, and how much hungrier did it make you for getting back out there this year? Man, it, I, I learned a lot, um, you know, through myself. But uh, first, first and foremost, I just had to thank you know my support system around me, you know, because tearing your Achilles that's not uh, a pretty common injury. And, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and persistence to try to get back to, you know, at least to, um, you know, where you thought you were in the past or even superior. So, you know, it, it's, it was a lot of work. Um, you know, Coach Scary, he would check in on me, you know, all the time to make sure I was right mentally. You know, my friends and family would check up on me, you know, almost on a daily basis. And, you know, just, uh, you know, I learned about a lot about persistence. And one quote that I kind of like instilled in my mind and something that I still use today is control what you can control. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I can't necessarily control what happens to me, but I can 100% control how I can respond from any given situation. And, you know, just having that mentality and mindset throughout my entire rehab process, it's made me sharper, you know, mentally. And, and, you know, just... um, maybe even hungry to be out there, you know, on the court today. He is Juwan Gray. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Towson hosts Charleston tonight, 7 o'clock at CQ Arena. You want to get over and check out the Tigers. Juwan, did, did you guys know, like, was there a quiet confidence within this team, or maybe it wasn't so quiet, about what you all were capable of doing? When you looked around and saw everybody else and, and, and looked at this roster that you guys had put together, did you guys know you had a chance to do something special this season? Absolutely. You know, I could tell from, you know, the first week of just practicing with, with the guys, you know, we have everything. We have playmakers. We have a lot of shooting on the court. You know, we have um, a lot of versatile guys who can play multiple positions and be impactful on both ends of the floor. And we have big guys who can rebound, defend at, a, at an elite level. So uh, I 100% knew that, you know, we had the capacity to make something happen this year what was there was there something early in whether it was how well you guys played say at Pitt or Ohio State was was there a moment that fortified that was there a moment early on in the season that made you guys say you know and and I know that you're you know let's keep it one goal at a time and all that but like was there a moment that made you say you know all right we 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 know we know what we can do was there a moment like that I think it just all builds from like our habits in the summertime, I would say. You know, even I wasn't able to uh participate at that moment because I was recovering from my Achilles. Sure. But just seeing the but just seeing the way that, you know, we we played on the court, you know, it seemed like we instantly had some chemistry. And I think that has a lot to do with like the veteran guys who we currently had on our roster prior to uh the transfer coming in and also just the transfers on our team. You know, uh that veteran leadership and We've all been in, in big games where, um, you know, we had to make, make right plays and all that. And I just think the veteran leadership has really helped us out you, you know, this year. Do you, do you guys talk <laughs> about it? You know, I, I know it's such a, a singular focus, right? Like, you got Charleston is what you're worried about at the moment. But 
you know, you, you know it's been a while since Towson has been to the NCAA tournament. You know that, that there hasn't been a CAA uh, tournament title. Do, do you do you guys talk about those goals at all, or is that is that too much? Would you be too distracted from trying to go win a game tonight against Charleston if you were talking about those things? Oh, no, we just like to, you know, be where our feet are. That's our team motto. And although we, we know that we have the uh, ability to make, win the conference tournament and make it to the NCAA tournament, but we're just focusing on one game at a time. So right now we're focused on Charleston at 7 p.m. No, I get that, man. Like, you can't, you know, and, and you saw that, right? The first conference game of the year, right? Like, um, it, it, this is still, it's not easy. These are not teams that are just going to let you go win, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you got to you gotta go show up. You got to play, man. Like, that's just the way that yep. it goes. Juwan, your, your okay. story, you know, why a kid from Delaware that ended up out in San Diego and then yep. back to Towson. Tell me about your own personal journey and why this was right for you to end up here at Towson. So, yeah, it's, it's been a long journey. You know, um, it's actually funny because in, in high school, you know, you would think about, like, where I would be, you know, four or five years from now, and this is definitely not, you know, where <laughs> I thought I would be. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's there's beauty in the journey of, of one story. So, you know, I went out to San Diego from, from Delaware and, First of all, it was, a, it was a complete, you know, culture shock for me. I mean, it's it's not a bad place to be, though. Like, let's just put that <laughs> on the table. All. Not at all. Right. You know, it's beautiful weather all year round. Yeah. You know, it's about 75 degrees. Yeah, not, so. not a lot of days like today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Go. That's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, um, I ended up leaving San Diego. Uh, my coach, um, he got fired. So, um, I decided, you know, it was time for me to go someplace else so I ended up entering my name in the transfer portal and Towson was actually a location that I was kind of familiar with because while I was at um, prep school I had actually came to a, a Towson basketball game so okay. I was kind of familiar with the campus and it made it even better that it was close enough to my actual house so it's about an hour 45 minutes you know to my residence in Dover Delaware so I felt like it was close enough for me to, you know, be at home and, and go home with where I needed something, but not, you know, close enough for my family to, you know, pop up on me all the time. So, so they, had they been <laughs> able to come to games? Like, that's the important part, right? Like they yeah, can, yeah, yeah. They can come that's to games, definitely. and then you can go back and live your life, and they can go back home. Yeah. That's, I think that's the best of both worlds, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you got them there, but then when you need them to say, okay, love you, like, I got a, I got a life. It's time to go back. Exactly right. <laughs> I got things I got to do. I'm happy to see. I'm glad you can make it out. And mm-hmm. now it's time for us to go our separate way. <laughs> like, I think that's critical, man. That's awesome. Juwan Gray, uh, social media, where can Towson fans be giving you a follow? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Yeah, so I'm pretty active on all of my social media platforms, but I usually use Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is jgray underscore 12. And if you wanted to, you know, follow me on Instagram and stay up to date with what I have going on, my Instagram name is underscore the real one 12. That's awesome, man. What's, what's, what are you, what's your master program? What are you working on, man? What's, what's, what's the thought process for you in, in, in life moving forward? Yeah, so I'm 
my program is marketing intelligence, and I have two classes left until I get my degree. So I am uh, extremely excited about that. It's been a long process, you know, with me for school, and I feel like uh, I'm close to, you know, having having a breaking point. But you know, I'm almost there. I have four months left, and that's just not my mentality. And so you've already like you're already kind of a you know maybe we, this we borrow a Kanye West line. You're you're kind of a businessman or a businessman. Like which which. Man. Exactly. Which which which, <laughs> which one would be closer to describe you so far at this point? I'm a businessman. You're a businessman. You've got I'm like you've got man. your own company. Yeah, yeah. So I actually um I actually kind of started off for one of my classes. So um I did like a lot of research on you know drop shipping products and all that. So I actually created my own online store that was selling like um cell phone accessories and yeah it, it was a great you know learning it's awesome for me. I, yeah yeah that's for sure and we can i mean I we can we can plug it right we're in nil days we're allowed to talk that up aren't we we're allowed <laughs> to tell people you can find out it's cellular kings with a z right cellular kings with a z that's awesome yes, man sir. well done dude that's really cool uh, Jawan, I'll be over there tonight. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Um, you're giving a lot of excitement right now to this community of, of what's possible for this team. It's a lot of fun to watch you guys play. Uh, appreciate you hopping on with us for a minute this morning. Best of luck the rest of the way. Let's catch up again soon, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Jawan, uh, thank you. If you see me at the game tonight, uh, speak up. I'll make sure I come I say hello, all right? I will do that for all right. sure. All right, Jawan, appreciate <laughs> you, man. Jawan Gray from Towson. Um, again, tonight against Charleston. And they're off to a tremendous start, 4-1 in conference play, and a lot of reason to be excited about what uh, Towson is capable of doing as, you know, they got the longest route of anybody in the area in terms of reaching the NCAA tournament. It's about time for that to end, about time for them to uh, get back and win the CAA and go dancing again. Whew, busy hour, busy hour of the program, hour number one of the show. It has also been brought to you, or just a reminder that uh, if you missed Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley catching up with Jim Palmer earlier in the week, great show, and it's available right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com slash video. They talk baseball, Stan and Ross, every Monday with a great guest and a lot of great thoughts from Jim Palmer about, um, you know, the same stuff that we've been talking about, about moving the wall back and the impact and, and what it'll really do for a pitcher. Uh, Jim Palmer, some sort of authority when it comes to those things. Believe it or not, he might know a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to pitching. Just a crazy thought. Uh, I know you've never thought that and listened to Jim Palmer talk. He's he's never he's never come off that way. Uh, but he is. Let's make this very clear. He's Jim Palmer. When he speaks, we should probably listen. It's Jim Palmer we're talking about. Um, so a great show that uh, they had with Ross Grimsley. When we come back in, uh, KZ is going to join us. We're going to make our picks for the week. I guess he might have a thought or two about um, if for whatever re- weird reason you're playing some sort of fantasy games in the playoffs. He will share some thoughts about that, and we will make our picks for the divisional round. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we move right along on a Thursday edition of the program. KZ is going to join us in just a minute. We will make our picks for the week. Still to come this hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, a report yesterday in the Washington Post regarding the World Cup and something that could impact Baltimore as uh, Stephen Goff is going to join us uh, to talk about the, his sources telling him that uh, FIFA don't like the 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 situation down at FedEx Field and that it could become a sort of combined joint effort to land the World Cup. I have probably been I've attempted to remain positive about Baltimore's chances as a whole despite the fact that a lot of people practically have said, "Hey, look, this is Baltimore and you're up against it just because you're Baltimore. It's just the nature of the beast." And I get that, but I I think we can all be reasonable enough to assume that given the significance of DC as a market, if Baltimore was the host stadium for games, while DC could sort of be propped up as a market for support and we want people to come here and stay in hotels and it's not that far away to get to the stadium in Baltimore, I think we could understand why that might make things more appealing for the chances of Baltimore hosting games. But we will discuss that with Stephen Goff 
and and get more clarity about that. There are people that believe that Baltimore's chances were doomed from the from the get go. That just there is no way that FIFA was going to choose Baltimore. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Um, but this could be helpful. And the alternative, you know, might be that neither one. I mean, I. I don't know. We'll talk more about it with Stephen Goff a little bit later on this hour about what exactly all of this means. All right. Um, from from Dan. Dan says, uh, Glenn, regarding the woman who was hit by the car, there is no doubt in my mind that that is the luckiest person that has ever lived. Uh, isn't there a story of someone who survived two different plane crashes? If that person is still alive, then she's the second luckiest because that person... I don't know that story. Is there a story of someone who survived two different plane cl- crashes, Dan? It rings a bell, but I, I couldn't give you definitive info. Yeah, I mean, I, I like something like that sounds familiar. Survived Austin Hatch, survivor of two uh, plane crashes. Oh, yeah, this was the, uh, the, uh, the Michigan basketball player. Uh, Austin Hatch has been through more than anyone, this is from Bleacher Report, has been through more than anyone should have to endure in 19 years. Despite suffering through a pair of extremely traumatic accidents, he has worked to get back onto the court and recently signed his national letter of intent to play basketball at the University of Michigan. Blah, blah, blah. Has survived two plane crashes eight years ago. Oh, God. Nope, take it back. That killed his parents and two siblings. No. No, not the luckiest person that's ever lived. No. Remarkable that he survived, incredible that he survived, but definitely not the luckiest person that ever lived. Um, no, no, scratch, scratch that. This, this lady, luckier. 100%. Oh, God, that took a dark turn. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks a lot, Dan. Jeez. Ugh. It's awful. It's awful. Now I got to go right from that to trying to switch gears and make stupid football picks. Wait, way to bring things crashing down, Dan. Feel good about yourself, Dan. Nice wrench in our spokes. Yeah, why don't I go to where you work and I throw some things at you, Dan? Thanks a lot, man. Jesus. Ugh. That was gross. All right. Um, let's attempt anyway. It's uh, Thursday on Thursdays. We make picks. Joining us now, he is Mr. Ken Zalis. Pressbox fantasy football expert, Pressbox NFL draft expert, and uh, I, I got Casey. I've got great news for you, my friend. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. You are gonna, you're going to be super excited to hear this. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is a big deal in the football world. Rick Goslin is thought of. Uh, he's a longtime football writer in Dallas, and he is thought of as an authority in relations to special teams units. His yes. his grades for special teams units are considered Bible within football, right? Yeah. Like, they are, this is, like, I'll, I, I'm going to try to compare this. No one that works for an actual football team gives a rat's ass what someone's pro football focus grade was. Like, they, have, they have their own system, and yeah. it's what I always try to tell people to do the grading thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you you're a farce. I'm just trying to tell you that you don't know as much as you think you know. Right, like you, you think you know a lot of things, and I get that, and I'm not saying it's worthless what you do, but you don't know everything you think you do, and the teams do, and they internally do their own grading system. Um, I remember like one day, and I'm trying to remember what game it was, but there was a game where I thought Laron McLean had like the most passive sort of ho hum day, and I was informed the next day when I was at the building that Laron McLean had the greatest graded day in Baltimore Ravens history in that particular football game. And I was like, huh? Like, what? What? What am I missing? And it's because 
we just don't know as much as we think we know about what players are supposed to do on each play or, or what we think they should be doing on each play. And so it's, it's a, but I'm telling you, within football organizations, they care about Rick Goslin's special teams ratings. Yes. They, it matters to them. And I've got he, great... He's, he is maybe, nah, I'll say he is, he, he's the best sports football analyst writer around. Might be. He's been, Might, for, Rick, he's been for decades. Uh, Rick Goslin was one, he was in the infancy of doing mock drafts and yep. was, like, I think he actually stopped doing them a few years he ago. He stopped it. He didn't stop doing them, but he stopped participating in that wacky contest that all us amateurs do. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't fair to the rest of us. Yeah. Like, he's, <laughs> he's very good. And I know Very good and very tuned into everything that goes on NFL related. You're going to feel quite silly. The Baltimore Ravens not only finished in first place, but finished 30 points higher than anyone else in the NFL in terms of Rick Goslin's special teams grades. Who do you want to apologize to first for all of the stupid things that you've said about uh, the Ravens and their special teams? Who's, who so, gets the so first apology? So it's funny because I saw this already and already tweeted out about it. Oh, did you really? Um, Damn it. I did. I did. I, I, I did. I saw, I saw it uh, and I tweeted out about it. Um, well, first of all, why would I owe anybody an apology? I've never... I've never said the no, Ravens no, no, no. special you, teams. You don't give it enough respect. You don't respect. I've never said that the Ravens special teams isn't good. I mean, you have the greatest kicker in the history of the league, and then you have one of the top three punters over the last decade, if we, if not the top. So, and your your head coach mm-hmm. is a special teams guy. Yeah. So I've never said but how that they are they going to how are they going to finish first I've and just hang on a said, second hang on a second I've Dan. Just hang said on hang on hang on hang on hang on my turn my turn my turn how are they going to finish first in Rick Goslin's rankings if they're not giving roster spots to special teams aces just just stop where where's I'll, I'll answer me this question? Where was Green Bay ranked in special teams? How would I know that? I don't know. Well, you uh, you Green you Bay. you you second. you have this in front of you, obviously. Where's Green Bay ranked? Green Bay was dead last. They were dead last. Okay, so I'll take a top ten offense or defense versus a top special teams by thirty points. I have you know, have you know Kansas, any day. This Kansas City it, was as I tweeted out. Kansas this makes City it was all better. You're gonna feel you're gonna, you're gonna feel really stupid when Mason Crosby misses a kick that cost them this weekend and they lose to great. San Francisco and they didn't have That's better great. special Yay, teams. Yay, special teams. Can, didn't the Ravens have a top ten offense to go along they with did, the top the ranked they special did. teams? They had the number six offense in football. They did. I don't know Fantastic. if you remember that. They did. They had the sixth best offense five. in football. Uh, oh, well, yeah, if it was just top five, then they, 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 everybody right. knows. That's the Green Bay Packers lasted special teams. Okay, what, what, what are we comparing now? Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd prefer winning the I Super Bowl know, myself. All right, all right. Uh, are you playing anything? Are you, what are you playing underdog-wise this week? What's, what's, your, what's your game? You know what? I haven't, I, I, I haven't looked at it yet, and, and I'll be honest with you, because I want to I wait for some of the, the, the injuries to work their way out to see what some of the lines are. So I haven't I haven't looked a whole lot, but the one thing I am going to play, I think no matter what the line is on George Kittle, it's going to be too low, so I'm taking the over on George Kittle. Over on, let me try to pull it up. 
Let me see if I can't find uh, George Kittle. By the way, I took that. I, I I bit on Stephon Diggs last week. The the thing that the uh, yeah. And then I paired it with Joe Burrow over on the passing yards. <laughs> uh, oh, see, I pa- really? I paired it with the over on Chase for catches, which I hit in the first half. And then I paired it. What did I pair it with? Because I hit it. Maybe it may have been Debo's number. I don't know. It was something that I thought was easy. Uh, they have not put a number up for George Kittle yet. Okay, well, whenever they put that number up, I'm taking the over because he goes for 75 and a touchdown this weekend. All right. The only number right now they have for San Francisco is Debo Samuel at a combined 102.5 Russian receiving yards. Yeah, I'm going to skip that one. I don't know. What's the weather supposed to be like in Green Bay? Do we know? Cold. I mean, really? Stunner. Stunner, Ken. It's going to be cold in Green Bay. In, in Five January. degrees, I heard. Well, but do we know if there's going to be any any form I of do precipitation, I, do I think, was more the question I was trying to ask. And, 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 and don't ask anybody around here, because apparently we're in the midst of a snowstorm right now. I don't know. I haven't looked at Well, I don't. In the city, there was no snow. But out where I live, there was, there's a lot of snow. There was there was very little where I live. Well, I mean, I live in a, a very unique... I live in the zone, and so things are a bit well, different. You're, you're, things are a bit know. different there than they tend to be. It's 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 definitely part of maryland i know (laughs) although i admittedly growing up living in baltimore county it was the most it was the most infuriating thing when like dave durian (laughs) would be announcing the school closures and he'd be he would always read it the same way i swear to god like it it, just to screw with me i've never forgiven dave durian over this he would read it like this baltimore county closed and i would be like oh yeah and then he would be Hereford zone Hereford only. Zone. <laughs> Rest of the county two hours late. Durian yeah, would uh, always read it like that. Yeah, Eight-year-old yeah. Glenn Clark has never forgiven Dave Durian over that. <laughs> um, like, now that doesn't. It's not a thing because there's the internet and all that. But right, right. Up, it doesn't matter. He he was the voice. Um, and I, growing up, I always thought to myself, like, it's the same county. There's no way it's no. that much different in the Hereford zone than it is in, in White Marsh. There's just no way until I moved there. And I was like, yeah. holy F. There yeah. is. I was in here like uh, one day last week and I was talking about my kids playing out in the snow. And Paul's like, what, how would they be playing out in the snow? It was a bunch of rain. I'm like, not where I live. No. <laughs> it was tons no. of snow and it's all still there. I was driving home that night. I'm like, I literally watched it from from uh, Jarrettsville Pike, from like literally right about Lock Raven was exactly the moment where you went from no snow at all to a winter wonderland. Like it is just remarkable the way that that works. All right, underdog fantasy football. Remind people why they should be playing underdog in general, Ken. Well, you should be playing because it, first of all, it's a ton of fun, and there are so many ways to play. Um, I just got into a best ball. Uh, for the playoff round, where I'm selecting ten players against six other play- six other people, and whoever gets the most points wins. You know, kind of set it and forget it. But you also do these fun uh, player props over under rivals, where uh, you can pick two to five games. You get two to five props. You get them right. You win from anywhere from three times up to twenty times your money, and you can do it from the convenience of your living room um, and uh, on the uh, World Wide Web at underdogfantasy.com or on the Underdog Fantasy app. Yep, use that code PRESSBOX. We match up to $100 of your first deposit with free money to play with. It's a lot of fun playing underdog fantasy football. By the way, Proctor lets us know no snow in Green Bay, uh, but temperatures will be uh, below 20, dipping to below zero at night. So, 
I don't know who's really working. Really got that going yeah, for it. Yeah, right. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy that trip. Yeah. Which, which feels so like, be like it'll be like a a a a, a fall day uh, at night in San Francisco. Correct. Exactly. By the way, it, it, this is the other thing too. It feels like it should pre- pre- create quite the um, the home field advantage for the Packers, but yet they never no. seem to be able to take advantage no. of it. Never, no. ever, ever. If you've never been, if you've never been to San Francisco at night. You have no idea. Yep, no <laughs> doubt about that. All right, uh, just four games to pick this week. There is no drama. Where are we? Uh, where, so where are we? What happened set, after settle last Settle down, week? settle down. I'll let you know, all right? Settle down over there. Uh, there is no drama, of course, at the bottom of the table. None is whatsoever. Not. It is official. It is over. It has been clinched. Andrew Stecka is our loser, and I would say in general is a loser. Um, I love you, Andrew. Could uh, be like an all-time Poor performance, though. Oh, this is this is iconic. Seventy-two and one hundred and one <laughs> for the season, Andrew Stecka, um, and he will be here at some point. We'll start working on this now. He will be here back on the East Coast in studio, flying across the country, so that he might consume a tarantula, get his back waxed. We have been told Mrs. Stecka would like to come with him to perform the waxing of the back, and we prefer that because otherwise I don't, like, I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Actually, I take that back. Maybe I would like to do that. Maybe it would be fun uh, to, to do that. But uh, Mrs. Stecka, we're told, is going to be performing the waxing of the back, and uh, he's going to sing Hero from the first Spider-Man movie. It's going to be a fun day. Andrew Stecka has clinched, so no drama there. Um, technically, John Proctor is not quite eliminated from the top of the table. Mm. He's seven games back. It would require... Literally, us right. picking every. If we pick one game the same this weekend, John Proctor is eliminated from the race at the top of the table. Um, you are only two games back after you went four and two last Ooh. week, while I went two and four. So Ooh. you are back within two games, very much alive. And Kyle Ottenheimer is back within one game, although I'm I'm sure he's still like very disappointed because he was tied as of Monday night and then lost the the Cardinals game. So so. This is fun. There's a lot of drama at the top of the table. It's just not quite as interesting because it's only for a little bit of cash. That's all it is. Like, yeah, it's, okay. it's just not that much. Was it like seven bucks? No, we all put, it's twenty five each. So it's like hundred twenty five bucks that's at stake. And don't get me wrong, yeah. I'd like I'd like the hundred twenty five bucks. Like it sounds great. But I'm gonna have to hassle Kyle to pay me for Lord I mean, maybe six months. Uh that I made the mistake of not collecting the money at the beginning of the year, and now if I win, it's gonna be obnoxious. It's just gonna be obnoxious trying to collect the money. <laughs> So, four games to pick this weekend in the divisional round. Where are we starting at Paul Valley? All right, you've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans on Saturday at 4.30, and the Titans are favored by three and a half. And we're back to Ken can't change his pick, correct? We're still doing that? Ken, Ken's giving you a pick. He can't change it. Correct. Uh, it's a really weird line, isn't it? Uh... I mean, I I think we're all sort of inclined. There's a recency bias thing that goes into this, right? Like, we saw Cincinnati more recently. We saw them beat Kansas City. We saw them. Do we know exactly where Derrick Henry is? Like, is he full I mean, go? He's going to be activated. He's practicing in full. But so. is but is he, like, going to be used like he's Derrick Henry on Saturday? The, the, the last thing I saw from um, from some of the insiders that cover the team is that they – they thought he could have played last week if they wanted to use him. Well, so they didn't have a game if that's week. the case, I think he's full go. I think I think you'll see one out of every four series Dante Foreman still. 
Three and a half. I hate this number, right? Because in a, I, I think if Derrick Henry really is fully healthy, Tennessee's a very difficult team to beat. They're a very difficult team to beat if Derrick Henry is doing what Derrick Henry does. And they've got Julio and A.J. Brown both healthy. Yeah, but Julio hasn't really, you know. He called a touchdown two weeks ago. It's fine. He hasn't really done much. Um, A.J. Brown, of course, is a monster. Yeah. I really hate this. I really, really hate this. But a three and a half. Tennessee. Tennessee's the pick. Tennessee. Yeah, it's a t- it's a tough one. Um, I- I'm going to go back to the whole Tennessee secondary is a problem mm-hmm. uh, that I've had all year, and I still think they're a problem. I know they've been better. I know they've been healthier. But one thing you can't do over the last month is run the ball whatsoever against Tennessee. They've been that good along the defensive line. Um, so I'm going to take the hook, and I'm going to take Cincinnati, and I, I think you. they throw the ball all over the place. I hear and, you. Uh, uh, I think Tyler Boyd is the guy that's going to be the the recipient. They they really struggle in the slot, and I think Tyler Boyd eats them alive. And with that pick by Glenn, John Proctor is eliminated. Oh, oh, Glenn and Glenn and Proctor picking Tennessee this week. Proctor tells me that uh, he, you know, obviously knew that he was going to be eliminated. His only goal is now to try to be 500 for the year. That's that was That's his a good goal. goal. But we're down to we're down to three that are alive in the race with that pick. Uh, Proctor sitting currently at 84 and 89. So if he goes, I think he'd have to go six and one. He would only be able to miss one game the rest of the way and still finish 500. All right, your next game, the San Francisco. Well, hold, hold on. Who did who did uh, Kyle take? He took Cincinnati. So big game for me. <laughs> it's a big game. Okay. It's a real big game. All right, next. Uh, 49ers, San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers at 8.15 on Saturday, and you have the Packers favored by six. Oh, man. Six? Mm-hmm. Hate the number. I think you have to bite San Francisco. You don't want to, but I think you have to bite San Francisco. Oh, damn it. I hate that. Like, I really do believe Green Bay is winning the game, and I really don't think that San Francisco is quite as good as we're – I think there are a lot of people that are starting to get a little carried away about San Francisco, and I get it. Debo Samuel's a hoot, but, like, they still tried to lose that game last week to Dallas, and I – but six points, San Francisco. I'm going to hate myself, but San Francisco. I thought this was the easiest game of the week with this number in the pick, and I took Green Bay – I don't, I don't, you know, I, I get that we all like the San Francisco thing and they, they're, uh, you're going to hear this, they're built, the way they're built is to, is to beat a team like Green Bay where you can run the ball and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, blah, 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 blah. They got a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball last week. Um, I don't know how healthy they are. I don't know which ones of these guys are going to play, um, but give me in cold weather at home, uh, give me Green Bay. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I'll I'll, I'll take him by a touchdown. Ken Zalas, you are the lone wolf. Ooh, Ooh I like that. We're trying to win Packers, some money. Let's right? go. Yeah, for real, man. Jeez, we could all be wild. tied after these two games. Very much so. That's true. All three of us could be tied at the top if they go your way. That's right. All right. On Sunday, January twenty third at three p.m., you have the team I think is going to be in the Super Bowl: the Los Angeles Rams. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buccaneers at home favored by three. Here's what I know. I'm not losing this 
picking against the Buccaneers. I'm not losing this picking against Tom Brady. Um, you know, I, I get it. The Rams look great a week ago, and there's certainly – if Odell Beckham suddenly wants to be Odell Beckham again, like that is that is a wild, wild thing to occur. But I'm not going down in a picks con- – it's only three points. I'm not going down in a picks contest in the playoffs picking against Tom Brady. If I, if I pick Tom Brady and lose, eh, life goes on. But I'm not going down picking against Tom Brady. Uh, give me the Buccaneers. So we're going to go three for three here. Oh, boy. Because – just like I said about our beloved Baltimore Ravens, eventually, at some point, the injury bug catches up to you. And I think this is the week. You're going up against a defensive front that's nasty. You're you're going up against Ramsey, who I assume will travel with, with Evans um, most of the game. Uh, somebody else has got to step up for... For Tampa Bay, uh, have you heard and of Cyril just, Grayson? Have you heard of him? Huh? Have you? He have had you? a in practice in two weeks. Well pissed. Um, there's another guy. He, even the back. See, but this is it. Even the backups are now getting. I hurt. hear you. I, I believe, I believe they only, still have Rashad Perriman. Ken. Oh, thank God! Yeah, everybody see him drop that ball right in his hands last week. It was fun. Uh, anyway. Um, I, I, I agree with Pod. I said this very early on. I thought the Rams were the best team. Um, in the league, and I saw it. Now it looks like all those pieces that they went out and got when they went all in are finally starting to play well and get into and play in within the system. I'll take the Rams to to beat the Bucks. All right, it's Glennon Proctor on oof, Tampa Bay. Oof, oof, don't care for that. All right, and then what could be the matchup of the weekend? You have the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs at six thirty on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs at home favored by a point and a half. Uh, this is such an obvious pick that I'm afraid you have to get it wrong. The Bills are the better team, man. This is the Buffalo Bills. Let's go Buffalo. And this is the dumbest thing I'll ever do is pick against the Kansas City. It's like picking against Tom Brady. But the Bills, the Bills are the team. The Buffalo Bills are the pick. It's tough to argue with you. So do it. So I'm not going to. Oh, um, right. The Buffalo, look, every year – you know, there's just a team, and the the Bills look like that team now. It's like they're just clicking. Their defense has been, you know, earlier in the year you could run on them a little bit. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. We thought the Tredavious White injury was just going to devastate them. They haven't missed a beat. And is there anybody playing better than Josh Allen right now? And 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 along the way, by the way, they found a running game in Devin Singletary that just makes them almost impossible to stop on the on the offensive end. I I I don't like how Kansas. I don't even in the ball last week. I didn't like how Kansas City played. There's something still not right about that offense, and it's probably a bad idea to to bet against Mahomes because at any point they can have one of those games with with Hill and Kelsey. But uh, I'm going to take the Bills as well. Man, Proctor had no shot. You all pick Glenn and Proctor picked the same on all four games. Wow, that's pretty funny. Oh, wow. The three that's of pretty you funny. on Buffalo. Yeah. So who else is? It's the three of you. On oh, Buffalo. and the other two are on Kansas City. Yeah. Wow. So one, for a second straight week, Kyle and oh no, Kyle picked San Francisco. So Kyle and I picked three games differently. KZ and I picked three games differently. So lots Ooh. of drama. Lots of fun. drama this week in terms of picks. All right, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter. Press box. What's up? What, what are you doing at PressBoxOnline.com? Uh, we have uh, tomorrow. We will have our. DFS lineups for the weekend. Um, the rankings are out there now. If you're still doing like a one and done 
type league or things like that. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to draft season. I'm, I'm, I, I got, I got the first two articles in the bag that'll come out, uh, right after the Super Bowl. All right. Very good. KZ, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk next Thursday for the championship week. Take care, guys. See you, buddy. Ken Zalas. Pressbox uh, fantasy football expert, Pressbox draft analyst, all of those things. Appreciate him hopping on. Uh, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, could there be some some significant things shifting in terms of Baltimore hosting the World Cup in 2026? Stephen Goff from the Washington Post joins us next to talk about that. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland, an authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE-certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bat Around. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bird, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. 
We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Some news yesterday in the Washington Post from uh, Stephen Goff, who's about to join us here, about more about the Washington's bid to host the 2026 World Cup, but the serious impact it might have on Baltimore's bid to host the 2026 World Cup. And I think something that would improve those chances, but we're going to let him explain that right now. Joining us now in authority on all things American soccer and soccer in general, he is Stephen Goff, Mr. Soccer Insider from the Washington Post, and he's with us here on GCR. Stephen, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It is really good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My pleasure. Great to join you. Um, am I right in parsing through all of this? Yes. To, okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> it would seem as though if if Baltimore, just by the nature, and look, we I obviously love Baltimore, and I think very highly yes. of you know all of it. But just the nature yes. of being Baltimore, if yes. if it was thought of as a long shot, would yes. it not be greatly improved? Should these two bids end up coming together and making it a joint Baltimore Washington bid with M and T Bank Stadium being the host stadium? Absolutely. Um, on its own, Baltimore is a long shot. Um, you just look at the numbers and you look at the the city's bidding, um, you know, for a world event. Um, Baltimore would have a tough time cracking into that list of 10 or 11 U.S. cities that will host matches in 2026. Uh, Washington, on its own, with a quality stadium, would be a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. They're in. Uh, so Washington does not have a quality stadium. No, believe, realized believe it or not, what a, what a stunner that was, by the way, Stephen. What <laughs> stunning news that was that maybe people weren't enamored with FedEx Field. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, FIFA wants to be in Washington, but ultimately it's it's about the stadium and the field and um, putting on the, the 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 best presentation you can not just for a TV audience um, and a attending audience, but uh, providing the um, facility for the players. Um, and FedEx Field just doesn't do that. So, right. you know, Baltimore is uh, M&T Bank Stadium's a great stadium. It's downtown, and it's an easy, uh, well, I shouldn't say easy, but it's a doable <laughs> um uh, commute for people from the Washington area who, um, uh, you know, buy World Cup tickets. And it would all, uh, it would make sense. It's, um, I think it's the, the, the best situation for, for, uh, for both cities. Did, did you parse enough in your reporting that you would, you know, I, I don't know what the words would be, feel good about the chances of, of Baltimore hosting if the two come together? Like, did, could you parse enough in the reporting that you did? Yeah, I think um, uh, my hunch is, is that FIFA is going to... I mean, ultimately, FIFA makes all the decisions. Right. You know, um, for example, Chicago's not bidding because of the financial arrangements, but if, if FIFA said, hey, we want Chicago, then, you know, Chicago is going to be a site. That's, so, uh, that's not going to happen, but right, that's the right. power that people Yeah, need. I get it. I get it. So uh, in this case, um, yeah, I mean, I could foresee, um, you know, 
this this region getting World Cup uh, with the games being played in downtown Baltimore and a lot of the official events and the huge fan fests, and right? Some of the training camps, etc. Uh, taking place in Washington. Stephen Goff is with the Soccer Insider for the Washington Post. He's chatting with us on GCR. Um, Stephen, with that in mind, is what you're saying that it doesn't require, like, I, I, when you when in your report, of course, you say that you know right now the you know, Maryland delegation, the DC delegation, they're kind of not budging at the moment, right. right? Right. But is what you're saying is it doesn't require them to budge? Like FIFA could just sort of come in and say, yeah. uh, no, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Um, no matter what you presented to us, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we think is best. Now make it work. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is FIFA's tournament. This is FIFA's World Cup. Uh, you know, cities have organized their own bids. Um, they have that autonomy. Um, but ultimately, FIFA says, hey, it's in the best interest of the World Cup that you guys come together and uh, make this happen. I mean, you know, Washington will be sorely disappointed. Of course. But, um, you know, what are they going to do? Not not participate at <laughs> right, all? Right. That, that doesn't help them. Right. Um, and Baltimore, I think, would be overjoyed with the idea of, you know, hosting several matches um, and um, teaming up with D.C. to make this a truly um, uh, Baltimore-Washington I-95 uh, um, bid. Well, and, it, and it's huge for business in the area. I mean, the matches themselves, there could be nothing bigger for business in the area. It would impact the economic impact of hosting yep. matches. I, you know, I, don't, I, I can't compare. You don't have, this isn't the Olympics where you have to go build a bunch of facilities that you're never nope. going to use again. You've got the facility in place. You, you yep. don't have to do much of it. You know, some infrastructure things, obviously. Yep. But you don't have yeah. to do anything. You just get to, to have businesses in the area profit off of hosting these World Cup matches. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, given the location of the Baltimore Stadium, yep. you, you know, you're talking about a huge benefit for uh, the hotel industry, the restaurant industry, um, any kind of business in and around the city. Um, and then, you you know, you look at the, um, uh, you know, the ramifications of being in the world spotlight. Yeah, um, yeah. This is by this is the biggest sporting event in the world, and um, people will watch matches, and they will see Baltimore um, uh, on their TV several times. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a huge benefit for the for the city in 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 many ways that you can quantify and and, and also just in in. Um, perception. Look, and, and I do know, uh, Stephen, in doing the little bit of reporting that I've done, that it would be disappointing, you know, like what Baltimore has wanted, the, the area colleges, it's quite lucrative to be chosen as a training site, right? Like, it would, it's a it's a good thing to be selected. And if they miss out on that, that's going to be a bummer. But it's way better than missing out on everything. <laughs> it's way better than not getting anything at all and being left out in the cold, even if the, the training sites end up all being down in D.C., whereas it's just the matches in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, Ultimately, it, it, teams choose where they want to be. So okay. when, when, when teams qualify for the World Cup, they send over delegations well okay. in advance. Okay. And they say, hey, we like being here. We like the, uh, the privacy and the security of this location. Or others might say, look, we want to be in a city um, you know, to benefit the players. Um, so it, 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 it comes down to the teams. Each city... Um, uh, put proposes venues for training camps and then 
from there, teams uh, typically select where they want okay. to be over over the period of the tournament. So there would still be that opportunity. It wouldn't just be FIFA sure. saying, no, you're going to do all your training in D.C. The the countries would have their choices of where they'd want to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, being the nation's capital, Washington would still have a role. Sure, sure. Um, with uh, galas and festivals, and, and they would turn the mall into a giant fan fest for watching matches um, every day. It's also the, you know, it's at the 250th anniversary um, ah, yeah. of our country. Yep, uh-huh. um, so that'd be a big part of it as well. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, there'll be some, there'll be some egos bruised by games not being played um, inside the DC beltway. Uh, but, you know, we're the reality of, of the stadiums um, over, uh, you know, uh, uh, trumps everything else. I, I, but and also keep in mind, Stephen Dan Snyder is such a popular and likable guy that he'll probably be able to survive that. Like he'll probably. I don't think anybody would be mad at him at all whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And the thing, the thing about it is, I mean, for years the the team has been talking about right. building a, a new stadium. Yeah, and that hasn't happened, and because of those delays, um, there won't be anything ready for a 2026 World Cup here in DC. So. They they might probably will miss out on on the World Cup. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, Stephen, because that was one interesting part of your report that I was looking into, like the lease being twenty twenty seven. There, there's no way this forces action quicker. That they say, hey, we'll build a stadium that's ready by twenty twenty six, even if we know the football team or whatever that you know the hell they're going to be called moving forward. Um, yeah. Even if they can't play in it until twenty twenty eight or whatever. There's there's no chance this forces someone's hand or is that it's just too impractical to think that when they've got to make an announcement soon um they, they could be waiting on a decision for a, a stadium to build yeah no i mean sure if tomorrow the football team announced we have struck a deal with uh you know uh loudon county virginia right to build a stadium and it'll be ready um in you know three years um it yeah it just doesn't make much practical sense since they the football team can't play there. Um, so, yeah, I just I yep. think that's a non-starter yep. at this yep. point. I, I get that. Uh, do we know any more? Uh, Stephen Goff, just another minute or two here on Glenn Clark Radio. Yep. Do we know anything more about the timeline for announcement, like for when? Yeah. Okay. What, what, what's, what's the timeline right now? Yeah, no, um, FIFA has been pretty consistent that they will announce the venues uh, 10 to 11 in the U.S. and then three in Mexico and probably two in Canada, um, first first or second quarter of this year. Um, to be more specific, I'm getting the sense they will announce in early May. Okay. Um, so that's coming up pretty soon, and um, you know there'll be some obvious choices like L.A., New York, uh, Dallas, uh, places like that. Um, but um, yeah, there, there's places, you know, Baltimore, Nashville, Kansas City might. Uh, very well make the cut as well. And then the other thing I had for you is we get back in the World Cup qualifying next week, right? Like, yeah. there's still a whole other World Cup before we get to 2026. <laughs> yeah. You think there's any any reason at all to be nervous, apprehensive for American soccer fans as as we get back into qualifying? Like, it, there were some really good moments, and then there yeah. were some not-so-great moments. Um, yeah, they're they're very good place right now. Uh, these next three games, uh, two of them are at home against teams that are lower in the standings. The other one is Canada. Canada is very good, 
but the, the travel obviously is easy. So, you know, this is the time for the U.S. to take care of business. Um, they wouldn't clinch a spot in the next week or two, but they'd be on the brink of it. Um, if they stumble, however, in any of these games, if they lose any of these games, then they're looking at a, a tough set of matches in March to clinch a spot. So it, it, the anxiety will certainly rise um, if they do not earn between seven and nine points um, in these next three games. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know that they should, but uh, I've, I've watched yep. a lot of U.S. soccer over the years, Stephen, and, uh, you know, I can't, I just can't help but have that uh, that sort of anxiety that I, in, 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 I, as someone who's admittedly a fan, I am, uh, I have some amount of concern. Uh, yeah, no, some, definitely some concern. Um, this is a very young, very talented group. Um, so hopefully they, uh, they've matured enough to take care of business the next few matches. I, I hope that you are right about that. At Soccer Insider on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, WashingtonPost.com, um, where he is very much an authority about all things soccer in this country. Stephen Goff, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, sir. Let's do this again down the road, all right? It's Definitely. Anytime, guys. Stephen Goff uh, from the Washington Post. Yeah, everything about it comes off as good news, man. Everything about it comes off as very much improving the chances. The the you know the biggest issue the Baltimore faces is frankly being Baltimore, and that's not you, know, you guys know I love Baltimore. I think I I I love this place, and you know the reality being there's major markets surrounding us that are des- really desirable markets with huge international populations and obvious choices you know he didn't mention among the obvious choices philadelphia but philadelphia is very much a a great soccer community um, that has hosted big soccer events over the years and you know would seem to be an obvious choice as well so in a way baltimore was always up against it right to push right to pursue and try to prove the case and even being in the mix is good, but it, Baltimore was always up against it. This Stephen Goff, who's very plugged in, says, "Yeah, I think this is. I think there's a real chance. Like, I think there's a real chance that this makes it work. That Dan Snyder being such a boob, being <laughs> just the worst owner in the history of professional sports, has screwed Washington out of the chance of hosting matches because his." Like, how, how could FIFA possibly look at, it, as was pointed out in his uh, report alone, the, the railing collapse at the end of the season, the random sewage leaks at the stadium during the year, and the stadium is an abomination to begin before those things were happening. It was an abomination of, an, of a game day experience. It's just a, the sight lines are awful. It's just weirdly constructed. It's a terrible place. It, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's not like Dan Snyder built the stadium. Let's be fair about that. Jack Kent Cook was the owner when the stadium was built. It's it's separated from public transportation. There's nowhere for fans to go after the game. There is no reason for anyone with a brain within the FIFA delegation. I get that there will be some of you that would say, yeah, but it's not about their brains. It's about who's greasing their pockets. This is FIFA, FIFA we're talking about. I understand. But let's pretend it's on the up and up. There would be no reason for anyone with a brain to look at that place and say, that's where we want to host our huge international sporting competition. That's the joint. So it's not stunning that Stephen Goff would report, yeah, they didn't love it. They didn't love it. 
And it immediately opens the door because they could say, look, Baltimore's not that far away. There's a wonderful downtown stadium. There's a wonderful location there to host the matches. We could still involve D.C. in some sort of way, as he pointed, doing this sort of festival on the National Mall and putting up, you know, big screens or whatever becoming. It's, you know, that was the thought that, like, if Baltimore missed out on the matches, those are the things that might come to Baltimore. So you just flip-flop the two. Put the matches in Baltimore, put those events in D.C. It's not as if... It's not as if we wouldn't have been happy to host those events because it's still an opportunity to gather people together and, you know, impact downtown businesses, things along those lines. That's still a good thing, but the matches are more beneficial. There are going to be more people. There are going to be, there's going to be more of a need for the tourism industry to host those people that are coming in for those matches. Um, Even if it's, you know, Ecuador and, you know, Turkey, it's going to be a bunch, you know, I don't know if it's going to be 73,000, but it'll be 50 some, whatever it'll be. It'll be a lot of people that will want to come watch that match. And a lot of people that will just choose to watch it here and buy tickets because it's the World Cup and it's your chance to experience the World Cup in your home city, even though you don't give a lick about the teams that are involved. Um, yeah, I'm not a soccer fan. and I, I, If I could afford it, I'd consider going. Yeah, I mean... I, I am a soccer fan, obviously, and it's a weird spot for me, right? Because I'd I'd want to go. I no matter who it was, I'd want to go. There would certainly be. I mean, like if like if Italy was involved, I would pay an extraordinary amount of money to be able to go. If you know the U.S. was involved, holy hell, right? Like I'd I'd take out a loan in order to be able to go. Um, you know, I'd I'd I'd, I'd think of you know like if it was if it was I'm trying to think of who I guess presumably the Canada matches would be in Canada if it was. You know, Uruguay and Greece. I'd still, I'd still, I'd still pay money to go to. That. I wouldn't just say, "Hey, I'll get a, try to get a credential and go." I would pay money to go watch an, an Uruguay Greece uh, World Cup match in Baltimore. It'd be a big deal for me. So, um, you know, this is good news. Now, it doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't, and it could again. The, this the unfortunate part. The part about like you know, whose skids getting greased, right? Like. Maybe despite all of that, somebody in Washington comes along and says, boy, you don't like the stadium right now, but would you like the stadium for $10 million? You know, like, that. unfortunately, I wish I could say that that stuff didn't exist. I wish I could say I didn't have those fears, but I do. It's FIFA we're talking about. I mean, they're doing a friggin' World Cup in Qatar. How would I possibly not have those fears? But Stephen Goff's a plugged-in person. Like, he is very plugged in. What he's reporting, it's because he knows it to be true, and I'm willing to take him at his word, that this is a very positive development, that that Dan Snyder's incompetence is the best thing that could ever happen to Baltimore in terms of the chances of hosting the World Cup. That it might never happen again. It might very well be that by the time the U.S. is back in the mix, Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the Washington football franchise. They have things humming along down there, and Baltimore could never you know, be in this scenario. But we just so happens to luck out that right now, Dan Snyder is a boob, and because of it, Baltimore could end up benefiting. Bless you. Bless you, Dan Snyder, for being so bloody incompetent. Thank you for having the most unbelievable abomination of a stadium. Thank you for giving us this chance. Today's show, 
Also brought to you, uh, uh, John from uh, John from Little Rock. If Bmore gets a World Cup game, I'm definitely coming up for that madness. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. If you care about this place and you're a soccer fan, and John's a huge soccer fan, so that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, are they going to take Rose out of MT since the pitch isn't wide enough for FIFA regulations? There was another thing that was brought up in Stevens' report yesterday that Baltimore is one of the stadiums where the what would be required is the easiest to pull off. And I don't know exactly why that is. Like, I don't know what is unique about, you know, how they can do that. I don't know if it's because there's some of those bleachers in the end zone and they can, I, I don't know. I just don't, structurally, I, I don't have the engineering knowledge to understand why Baltimore is viewed as one of the more, um, the easier sites of the American stadiums to try to get to FIFA regulations but that was one of the things in Stephen Goff's report is that like Baltimore, one of the good scores for M&T Bank Stadium was it was not considered to be all that difficult to make that to make whatever changes were necessary in order to pull that off. So M&T Bank Stadium's hosted professional soccer matches in the has past. hosted international soccer matches. Yeah, they hosted the, the gold. fields are different. Um, for the for the World Cup standards, yeah, FIFA has a different field. By the way, this is the dirty little secret about soccer is that like there. It's not a standard pitch everywhere, right? Like, it's not. And sometimes comically so. Like, in some of these pro leagues where I think there was a story that, like, a few years ago, there was in the women's pro league, they were playing games at a minor league baseball stadium in, like, Rochester. And it was almost comical how how bad the field was in that spot. But not every field is made equal in the sport of soccer as a whole, right? Like, the, it, it's a weird... It is weird, It's but it's baseball, right? Baseball is the exact same way. Not every field is made equal. FIFA has certain standards that are different than other people's standards for a World Cup field. FIFA also, for example, requires natural grass for the World Cup. Um, so there's just certain things that you have to do in order to be able to, and in some places, as simple as you're going to grow a grass field and you're going to wheel a grass field in that summer for when you host the World Cup, right? Like, that's just the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a bunch of different things that you got to get taken care of, but for whatever reason, it, according to Stephen Goff, M&T Bank Stadium is considered one of the places where that's less of a problem than other stadiums where it's more of an issue getting the field to regulation and and getting grass and things along those lines. Right. I I don't unfortunately I am just not an expert in in that that's not that's not my strength not my strength I can't comment on it today but apparently that's that's something that they think they can do in baltimore all right today's show also brought to you by ccbc if you are looking to hone your computer skills to improve your career or maybe you want an it certification ccbc continuing education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field and it's all tuition free From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular, wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Mm. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 
mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Winding down for a Thursday edition of the program as we are getting ready to get out of here. I'm making picks with uh, Stan the Fan a little bit later on today on uh, Facebook Live. Today's show has also been brought to you by the... Ooh, by, by well, You know what? I can just save that. I'll make it the tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today. By Live Casino and Hotel. That's where Rita and I are going to be on Sunday, 3 o'clock. You'll be able to hang out with us. If you got questions, uh, there's so much that we're doing here on Sunday. The, the simple point is for you to come hang out, check out the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the sports and social establishment. It's, it's unreal. I mean, it's just unreal. The food's amazing. All the screens. They've got tables. They've got a bar area. They've got... Uh, reclining seats for you to hang out and watch the games. They've got, you know, like bar games you can play, big giant foosball table, bowling, uh, skee-ball, bubble hockey, things along those lines. And then, of course, they've got casino games that you can play as well. But you can bet on all the games. They're up to 50. I saw some of the new self-service kiosks that have been opened up. Um, Just an amazing, amazing facility. We want you to check it out. We're going to be there doing some entertaining uh, during commercial breaks and you know, telling you about bets that we're making, and we've got giveaways that we're going to be doing during the commercial breaks. And then on top of that, 
we're going to help you out if you've got questions about betting. If you're someone who's wanted to get into betting, who's interested in it, and you're just sort of embarrassed to say, but I don't really know what I'm doing, no problem. No problem. We are going to help you out with that. So come hang out with us this Sunday for the Rams-Buccaneers game, 3 o'clock. We'll be at Live Casino and Hotel in the FanDuel Sportsbook in Hanover, Maryland. Looking forward to seeing you there. What you got for tidbits? All right. Jamar Chase had the second most rookie receiving yards of all time in 2021, tallying 1,455 yards on 88 receptions, trailing only Bill Grauman, I guess that's how you pronounce it, who had 1,400. I don't know. Bill Grauman, sure. um, who had 1,473 yards in a 14-game season in I genuinely don't know who that is. I don't either. That's why I didn't include him into the, in the trivia question. Uh, Chase's 13 receiving touchdowns are also second all-time for a rookie. Since 1998, only four other rookies have recorded at least 1,300 receiving yards. Who are they? Four other rookies have... Uh, Justin Jefferson, of course. Justin Jefferson, 1,400 in 2020. Um, I'm trying to think of, of who had monster rookie seasons. Uh, Calvin Johnson. No. Um, how about Randy Moss? Randy Moss, 1,313 yards in 1998. How about how about Reggie Wayne? Not Reggie Wayne, and, and no Proctor, not Antonio Brown, not DeAndre Hopkins either. Hmm. How about how about Tory Holt? How about, man, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. How about Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham Jr., 1,305 in 2014. You have one left. One left. Hauser's Bouts. Julio Jones. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. Nope. Not Mar- Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Anquan Bolden. Anquan yeah, Bolden. Right. Anquan right. Bolden had uh, thirteen hundred and seventy-seven in two thousand three. I have a bonus question for you. Who is the all-time rookie receiving touchdowns leader? Is it one of these players? It might be. <laughs> and Justin Jefferson. No. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Right. How many would you guess? If 13 is second, how many yeah. would you guess? 15. 17 in yeah. 1998. He was, he was okay, that uh, Randy Moss. He was yeah. decent just, at what he did. Just all right. Not bad. All right, Tubular brought to you today by the best of issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. So read it all, pressboxonline.com slash bestof. It is, of course, our best of issue, celebrating Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year Go pick it up right now, the best of issue of PressBox. All right, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Um, as I mentioned, Towson at home against Charleston, 7 o'clock on Flow Hoops. The Maryland women are at Ohio State at 6 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Brenda Freeze will not be with the team as she, um, her dad unfortunately passed away earlier on this week. Thoughts with Brenda Freeze and her family. 
Uh, Big Ten hoops tonight, Purdue and Indiana at 7 o'clock on FS1. The rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Australian Open coverage continues tonight on ESPN2. Unfortunately, the like the match of the year is tonight, and it's Berrettini-Alcaraz, uh, and I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the schedule. I was assuming that was going to be a primetime Australia time matchup, which means it would be happening at 3 a.m. when no one could see it here in America, but I just wanted to confirm that because it just seems like that what that would... Oh, no, it's the third match on. It's not part of the night session. So um, you'd have to be up late. You'd have to be up, like, you know, past midnight. But I'm telling you, that is match of the year type of material. Carlos Alcaraz and Matteo Berrettini tonight at the Australian Open. Naomi Osaka's in action overnight. Rafael Nadal's in action overnight. Um... You know, we're we're getting to that point where uh, Madison Keys is in action, Seb Quarter is in action. It's a pretty good night. Uh, pretty good night at uh, the Australian Open. Uh, as far as everything else, totally tubular wise. Oh boy, I just lost where I was. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I blame I blame no one. Well, I blame uh, Kyle still. That's weird, but I just in general I I tend to still blame him. Um, uh, TNT Suns Mavericks 7:30 Pacers Warriors at 10. The Capitals are at the Bruins night at 7. It's not on TV. you got to watch it on ESPN Plus or Hulu. ESPN is Avalanche Kings at 9.30. Golf Channel for round one of the American Express at 3 o'clock. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Um, all right. So Jason Bateman is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight. Yeah, um, all, right, all right. Proctor's making Anquan Bolden jokes now. I like Anquan Bolden because he was really good at football. I mean, my God. <laughs> Act like it's weird that I was a big Anquan Bolden guy. Like, I don't know if you did you see him? He's Anquan Bolden. Like, it's weird. You know what's weird is when somebody's obsessed with someone who's not good. Like, Most that's weird. 150 yard receiver in Ravens history. Uh, yes, he was not. He didn't put up video game numbers in Baltimore because they didn't run an offense like that. He was effing unbelievable. He was really good. He was really good. So um, weird. On the t- on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, Will Forte and Jennifer Coolidge are going to be there. Um, Jersey Shore Will Forte family. is hosting SNL this weekend. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Doing my job for me for tomorrow. You, yeah, better I, don't forget. I, I always miss Yeah, don't forget SNL. that. It's Will Forte um, and Maniskin is the musical act. Uh, well, all right then. Uh, Jersey Shore Family they actually, Vacation. I actually like them. They have this like song that's totally in Italian. Oh, really? And I really dig it. <laughs> like, I really dig it. <laughs> I think I've heard a song from them and enjoyed it. So. Yeah, and they, they've like they've kind of broken in in America, and they're like a they're they're they've, they're becoming a there was a I think they did a cover of an old R and B song called Begging, and that that was got was popular on the I'm begging, begging you. It's a great song. It's a great song. I actually like Maniskin a great deal. But I'm telling you, this song is entirely in t- Italian. It won the Eurovision Song Contest, which is apparently a huge deal in Europe, and I know nothing about it. But they made a movie about it on Netflix, yeah, Netflix last Will, year. Will Ferrell, it was yes, hysterical. correct. I know nothing. I'd never watched that. I film. didn't even know that was a real thing. It's, it's a real contest, wow. and it's a really big deal. I had no like, idea. It's a really big deal I over there. Will Ferrell made it up um no it's a huge deal and they won it and so i was like because everybody started talking about this band maniskin i'm like i gotta hear it and i heard the song it's entirely italian it's a banger and a half i don't know any of the words i couldn't be more into it it's a damn great song to it all, all yeah it's home. really good go watch eurovision if you haven't seen it on netflix go yeah watch it's it. one that i've meant i've meant to watch I, like i've sort of Will Ferrell, I'm not trying to say he's become Adam Sandler to me, but like there's been a down period for Will Ferrell where like it's it's pretty I, ridiculous in like the best way. Right, I think right. you'd enjoy it. Uh, and then Peacemaker episode four tonight on uh, HBO. Oh, yeah, Max. I got. I do. I, I really do need to watch that. Yeah, 
Ziti e Buoni. I should Ziti. I should probably be better since my family is Italian. I should probably be better at this, but I'm not. From Maniskin. My God, it is a banger and a half. And this was the winner of the the competition. I'll try to. Nobody can hear that. I don't know why I'm even trying. It's not coming through whatsoever. It's a. Tell me you don't feel that. That's a banger, man. It hits. When the hook hits, no idea what he's saying, but I'm all <laughs> in, man. Yeah! Yeah! He could be worshiping Hitler. I don't know. This should just be how we close the show. I'm down, man. Well, we can't play songs anymore. Okay, that's a good one. Tell me that doesn't hit, man. Okay. That is that slaps, bro. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play that on I'm my way. All to all that. in on what uh, on Zitti e Boni or or I'm sorry, my my Italian family is very embarrassed by that. Uh, it is that it kicks ass, Maniskin. That they're the music. They're not even tonight. They're the musical guests on Saturday night on Saturday Live. Anything else non sports wise? No, that, that, you that, got through everything. Yeah. All right, very good. All right, thanks today to Stephen Goff from the uh, Washington Post. Thanks to uh, Ken Zalis. Thanks to Jawan Gray, Towson Basketball tonight. And uh, thanks also to J.J. Cooper from Baseball America. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, stuff and things, I'm guessing, on the program tomorrow. That's, I think, where we are. Stuff and things. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've got some, some what is it, coals in the fire? Irons, irons in the, the fire. Irons and fires is what he would always say. Irons and fires. I hope. I hope. It's been a. We could really use a, a Ravens press conference. Could really use some news. Would be really great. Be really swell. Otherwise, we'll just keep doing this and talking about uh, TV reporters getting hit with cars or something <laughs> like that. Thanks, everybody. Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners. I just want to jump around, man. This song's got me all jacked. I'm so in on this tune. Thanks, everybody. Press Box, our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and MyBookie. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Thursday night. Go Towson. Go Maryland women. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.